wherever you are watching, however you're watching, whether it's an apartment, your home, your car, maybe you're out in the garage, I don't know where you are. Hey, thanks for watching online. I, I specifically though, wanna say hey and welcome to Aunt Joyce. Aunt Joyce, I am so glad you're watching. Now that's not my aunt. Aunt Joyce is Tammy Slaymaker's aunt. Some of you know Tammy, she's a member of Core Church, and her aunt is in an assisted living home in Nebraska, and last week she watched the Easter service online. And what's great is that Tammy then asked her aunt, said, well, what did you think, Aunt Joyce? And Aunt Joyce's response was, well, I wasn't sure if he was a comedian or a preacher. I just didn't know. <laughs> that's, that's one of the best compliments I could ever get. Thank you, Aunt Joyce. That's such a great compliment. But she said that she told Tammy that she watched all the way through and she said, but I liked it and I think I'll be watching again next week. So Aunt Joyce, wherever you are, man, she's in Nebraska. I am so glad that you're watching and, and I'm glad everybody's here, including those in the room. Let them hear you. So we're still working with our skeleton crew for how long? Only the Lord knows, truly. But I, I'm, I seriously am uh, thankful for the team. And so whenever you see me look off camera, it's because I just have to look at a human. That's just like you at home. Sometimes you may have humans in your home, but you want to look at other humans. And so you look strange when you see, does anybody go to the store and you just kind of gawk at people like, wow, it's another human. <laughs> It's just the way it feels right now. It's just so weird. But we are in a series right now called He Is. And it's, we need this because right now, I don't, you don't even know what day it is. I don't know if you have been like etching little notches on your wall to try to remind you what day it is, how many days. By now, you're just like, I don't know. I've stopped. I've forgotten. I don't even know. I think this is Sunday, but we're not at church, but we are at church. It's also confusing. And truthfully, this during this time, we just get overwhelmed. You can get really frustrated during this time. Uh, emotions can run really, really high. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. And that's what this series has been all about. It's to recenter us that, oh yeah, he is. He is. And today I want to talk to you about how he is with you. So you have a Bible. Uh, let's go to John's Gospel, John chapter 14. Let me give you a little backstory while you're looking for this. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible, or you're new to church, Version is a great app to download. By the way, I've been on there. They've been doing some updates. They have these new story devotionals they're doing that are spot on. I mean, they are so good. I would just encourage you to download that, make use of that. We do in our church, and we just absolutely love it. But John, if you're new to church, if you're new to the Bible, and you're like, who's John? Where am I at in the Bible? It's okay. You know, John was one of Jesus' disciples. In fact, most scholars believe that he was Jesus' best friend. And so he wrote this account of Jesus' life. He traveled with Jesus for three years, and he just wrote down all the miracles that Jesus did, all the things that Jesus did. And so we come to uh, John chapter 14. And this is, uh, you know, last week was Easter and Good Friday, and we talked about the Passover meal for Good Friday. This is happening during the Passover meal. So Judas is going to betray Jesus, 
And then we come to this place in John's gospel, John chapter 14, where Jesus says, he's trying to help the disciples to understand what's about to take place. They don't get it. They don't understand. Now, we have hindsight. We know what happened, but they, they really didn't understand what was about to happen. And then Jesus throws something else on them that really, honestly, was even more confusing for them. And we find this in verse 16. He says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Now, the world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Truthfully, the disciples at this moment are like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 we know exactly what you're talking about. They really didn't know what he was talking about. He says, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. And when I am raised to life again, this is, again, they, they don't understand the whole thing about death and resurrection. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. So I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today about how he is with you. Let's pray together. Father, it's, it's hard. We admit that right now, that it's hard for us to not be together. It's hard even for us to maybe even focus in the different environments that we're in. It's hard for us even in this room to, to focus. But God, we're asking your Holy Spirit to do that for us. Would you, would you help us, God? Would you help us right now in this moment to hear exactly what it is you are trying to get said to us today? We pray, God, that you're going to bring hope, you're going to bring healing, you're going to bring peace, and you're going to bring purpose to every single person that needs it. In Jesus' name, and everybody, wherever you are, say amen. 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 Well, we're, we're all on lockdown right now. We're all quarantining and stay-at-home order. And I don't know how it is around your house, but you know, as, as great as it is to be together with family, uh, it can also be a bit challenging. Can it? I mean, you, you, you look and you see people are posting pictures online and they're like, family dinner. And you're like, wow, my family dinner hasn't been looking like that. You know, out at the fire pit, you know, and you're like, I'm about to throw one of my members of the family into the fire right now. That's what I'm about to do. <laughs> Hashtag game night. You're like, well, our house looks a little bit more like the movie game night. You I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, I mean, the truth is we love, it's so amazing. It's so much, it's so much good is coming out of this that we can be together as as family, but it can be challenging at times. Like, okay, last Sunday, amazing video that we had that you sent in that just talked about how God is working through this pandemic in your life. That was the highlight of Easter for Laura and I. She just sat and she just cried through that whole thing because we just miss being with you. But can we not all agree the one that stole the show in that was Sarah Myers and her two boys. Oh my goodness, that was cuteness at another level. If you missed it, or I just want to see it again. Here, watch this. I am finding God in my boys, being with them all day, and just being in the Word, experiencing God, and just knowing His promise for us should be enough peace and faith for all of us to understand that we will get through this. This is not going to last forever. And just in this time, become super close with him and find something that causes you joy. These two definitely cause me joy. 
Is that not amazing? Like that, that's what we all want. Now, what you didn't see <laughs> was how many times it took Sarah to get that take. I knew that because I'm a father of four. And so I got a hold of Sarah this week and I said, hey, honestly, how many, what was it really like making that video? And she said, oh my goodness. And so I said, can I have the outtakes? And she sent us the outtakes. Watch this. I am finding God through my boys. Being with them every second of every day has just been a blessing that I've always wanted. And here it is now. It's not really exactly how we wanted it, but you know what? Let's find out. Hey, guys, no talking. And experiencing God and experiencing my boys has been absolutely life-changing. But it just seems like you just don't have the time. And now we have more time ever. More time now. Okay, boys. I am finding God in my boys, just giving them memories that they will remember forever and being, being in the word with them and pouring into myself as well and understanding God's promise for us and just knowing that we will get through this. Isn't that, isn't that how we're all feeling right now? Like in this moment, I just feel like it's like, you know, yep, lights out. That's it. Good night, everybody. It just feels like this is, I'm, I don't know how it is for you, but we all have these, these moments that are, that are challenging where we're just like, you know, if I could just have a little space, if I could have a little space from you right now, I love you, but I just need some space. Well, here in John's gospel, in John 14, 16, Jesus says this, I will ask the father and he's going to give you another advocate who will what? Say this with me. He will what? Never leave you. Like the one person that we don't want to ha give us space in the middle of all this taking place is Jesus. Like we want him to be with us, to never leave us. But in times like this, it can feel as if he's nowhere to be found. Like when you're, like how much longer am I going to have to stay at home? It's been great, little staycation, but I'm done with it. Seriously, God, you, could you do something? Or maybe, maybe you're not staying at home. Maybe you're an essential worker and you're like, every day I feel like I'm putting my life on the line. I mean, even if you work at a grocery store, you're like all of these people, God, you could, could you, could you do something? Could you intervene? I mean, we see what's happening with the, with the economy. Maybe your, your finances are, are being stretched. You're like, I was good for two weeks. And now how many more weeks is this going to stretch me? Or maybe it is the stress of your family. It's been fun. Or maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's been really, really hard. And you're saying, where is God? And it just seems like there's no end in sight. Where, where, where is God in this? I wonder if this is how the disciples felt. Like, like not, not after Jesus' death, but after his ascension back into heaven. Because Jesus dies, and on, last Sunday Easter we celebrated that he was resurrected from the dead, and the disciples are with him, and they're seeing him over the course of like 40 days. They're like, this is amazing. He's back. He's going to set up his kingdom. This is it. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He's going to set up the kingdom. And then, and then Jesus says, I'm actually leaving. Wait, what? You, what do you mean you're leaving? So we're gonna we're gonna be alone? Like you know you're supposed to say, why would you why would you leave? And I think the words that Jesus spoke to them on that night before he died in verse 17, he said this, he lives with you now and later will be in you. They're like, who's he? He's gonna who, who's he? Where's he gonna be? How's he gonna what? It was so confusing to them. They really didn't know what Jesus meant. But 
About 10 days after the ascension to heaven, they did know what it meant because that was the day of Pentecost. Now, if you're not familiar with the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, that's where the Holy Spirit fell. That's where they were in the upper room and it says uh, this mighty wind blew in and tongues of fire settled upon them. We don't know what all that was exactly like, but we do know this, that in that moment, Jesus had been around them. The Spirit of God had been around them and with them, but now was in them. The Spirit of God is in you. He's in me. We have that gift now that he is with me. But the disciples, they didn't quite understand that. Like, what does he mean by, okay, he's, he's the advocate. And, and honestly, we talk about the Holy Spirit, but so who's the Holy Spirit? Exactly, what is it? What does he do because I can't see him? And how does he operate in times like this? And, and what exactly does it mean that God will never leave me? Let's look back at, at the scripture here. John chapter 14, look at verse 17. Jesus said this, he is the Holy Spirit who what? Leads into all truth. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. He is a counselor. He is a counselor. What does a counselor do? A counselor kind of helps you navigate. A counselor helps you to kind of figure out which direction you should go in. You know what a counselor does? A counselor helps you to figure out what is the what is truth and what is a lie? What is what is false information? Like it's so hard sometimes to discern is this is, am I going the right way? Is, 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 I'm hearing all this is taking place. Is, is this really the truth is, or is this false information? And the thing about a counselor too is a counselor won't necessarily tell you what you want to hear. A counselor will tell you what you need to hear, even if you don't want to hear it. I remember a few years ago when our family went through this horrific crisis that we went through that was so, so devastating to our family. Um, I would equate it this way to uh, just imagine a plane crashes in the middle of the wilderness and there's carnage and, and wreckage everywhere, fire and smoke and, and there's a few survivors and, and, I, and you stand up and you're looking around and, and I just remember in that moment, that's what it felt like for me that, that my family had crash landed in the middle of, middle of a wilderness and, and I was stunned and I didn't know which way was up and all of a sudden my family looked at me as a dad and as a husband and said, which way do we go? And I was looking at a wilderness. Like, I don't know which way to go. And, and it was almost, at some points, kind of paralyzing because I, I realized the enormity of my decisions. Like, I could lead my family to safety and lead them to life, or I could lead them literally to their death. I could lead them down the wrong path and end up in the wrong place. I needed somebody to help me. And I, so during that time period, I, I went to counseling. I am so thankful I went and saw a counselor because this counselor was helping helped me so much just to understand how to navigate everything. Understand to like what was truth and what was what was false. I remember going to the counselor and I remember just saying, okay, so here's what I'm thinking, and this is what I'm this is what I'm doing. Is that normal? And and my counselor would say, Yeah, Brad, that's that's that is normal. Or sometimes my counselor would say, stop, stop doing that. That's really, really bad. Brad, don't you can make that decision, Brad. You could do that if you want, but I'm telling you that is going to cause harm in your family. Fight against that. Don't do that. I am so 
thankful for the counselor that I had in my life. But there is a counselor who knows you better than you know yourself. The Holy Spirit is a counselor who wants to give you direction in the middle of a crisis or not a crisis. The Holy Spirit wants to give you direction. He wants to give you guidance. Come on, how many of us really know how to navigate? We don't know how to navigate what we're going through. We just don't know. I mean, right now I'm talking into a camera. I don't know, what was it, four weeks ago? I don't remember how long ago it was we were even in the building and I was talking to live people. We don't know how to navigate all of this. But God saw it coming. God knew it was coming. God knows how to navigate through all of this. He, he is the counselor who can give you wisdom and he can give you guidance. And the most important thing I think he gives is discernment <laughs> to know, is this, God, is this a good decision? You know, I, I got the stimulus check. <laughs> what should I spend it on? I think, honestly, I just want to ask God, what, what, should, I, what should I spend this on? Because I think he could give me guidance on the best way to spend that money. But here's the thing, I believe right now that, uh, I believe God is presenting all of us with an opportunity even in the midst of a crisis. Uh, Like right now, most people are thinking about what they're losing instead of what they might be gaining. I know it doesn't seem like you can gain anything in the middle of a crisis, but God wants to show you, yes, even in the midst of a crisis, there are things that you can gain, that you can, you can grow in, that you, be, you can become better in, and he wants to guide you through that. A few months ago, we had our um, vision day, and on vision day, I talked about the year of rest, and over the last few weeks, kind of been talking about that a little bit, and a lot of people have been texting me and, and calling me and said, hey, Brad, you, you called that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm like, hey, don't blame me. It's not my fault. But I honestly had no idea when when we if you if you don't know, like, what's the year of rest? Wait, what was that? I'm just I'm just now first watching. I have no clue what you're talking about. So core church, we are in our seventh year. And I remember when God led me to thinking about what would this year be about. I was thinking the seventh year, seventh year is something important. What is it? I was like, oh yeah, it's the Sabbath year. It's the year of rest. And in the Old Testament, I'll summarize this quickly, but in the Old Testament, God told them every seventh year you needed to let the land rest. Don't work the soil. Don't plant anything. Don't cultivate it. Don't do anything. Now, I can tell you this. The children of Israel, they never did it because it was too hard. They could, it was all about trusting God, but they just couldn't trust God. But God said, no, you need to let the land rest. I believe that's one of the biggest benefits God is giving us right now is rest. He's giving us rest. And if you're here on that Sunday, one of the things I talked about was work your weight. Because when you're in the middle of of the year of rest, it seems like, well, what do I do? Just sit around and do nothing? No, no, no. Work your weight. What I meant by that was God told the children of Israel they could go, and if they saw anything growing on its own, they could go and they could harvest it. And I want to encourage you to work your weight. We all have areas, I believe, in opportunities where God wants us to grow. But here's the thing. We all want to go back to normal. Do we not? Like, we just, I just want things to go back to the way they were. Like, you know, I just don't want to have to go to three stores just to find a loaf of bread. You know, I'm so tired of being at home. I can't, what do you mean my kids might not go back to school till 2021? What? I just want something normal. Are you tired of wearing a mask? Are you even wearing a mask? You know what? 
I found out Daniel Surratt, when he was going out, he's not wearing his mask. I am calling him out right now. I have been wearing a mask everywhere I go. But he's like, you know what? But he's keeping his six feet. Is that right? Are you keeping your six feet? Yeah. Yeah, he's keeping the six feet. But I don't blame him. I, I'm just telling you, you may not be wearing a mask yourself. I got to tell you, I, Laura's like, we need to wear a mask. And honestly, one of the main reasons we're wearing them is because Laura's mom and Aunt Mary are with us and we're taking every precaution possible. But man, I was out shopping yesterday and I was like, I put the mask on. It was fogging my glasses up. I was like, I couldn't wait to get out of the store and just rip it off. I was like, I, everywhere a person I saw in the store, I go, I know why you're not wearing a mask. We're just tired. We just want, just want to go back to normal. If I have to do, I am zoomed out. Come on, somebody. <laughs> like, oh, wow, another Zoom call with work. Oh, goody, you know? I mean, if I have to look at another friend on a, on a screen, I'm just like, even this, what we're doing right now, I think all of us right now, hey, fun for a couple of weeks, sitting in my PJs, now I'm ready to get dressed and ready to come back to church. I mean, we, we all want to get back to normal. But I believe on the other side of this crisis, I believe that God wants to provide new opportunities, not just normal, but God wants to give you a new normal. Yeah. I, I believe that God wants to birth new dreams. I believe he wants to birth new visions in you. And in John chapter 15, I was reading this um, last week. And in John 15, it tells the story of the um, of the vine and the, and the branches where Jesus says that the father is the gardener. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you guys are the branches. And he says this, he says, in any branch that is, is dead and doesn't produce fruit, my father's going to cut off. And, and every branch that does produce fruit, he's actually going to prune, he's going to cut it back. So what I want to encourage you to do in this season right now, talk to the counselor. What in your life right now is dead? Like what in your life right now needs to be cut back? back what in what in your life right now do you you like was a was your normal but you're like i don't want to go back to that do you remember all the busyness and all the chaos and all the craziness and the things you're like man if i have to do that well i don't want to do that you don't have to go back to that and i i believe there's things that are dead that god even on the inside of you there's things that you're carrying and god's giving you an opportunity to slow down to stop and to, to process with him and to think through and go oh, yeah I probably should get that out of my life. I should cut that out of my life so I don't go back to normal, but I go back to a new normal, a new opportunity, a new vision. Maybe those, there's things that you, that you want to go back to because you're like, that, that was good in my life. I can't wait to get back to that. Well, what if God wanted to grow you and he wanted to prune that back just a little bit in your life? In other words, what if you could give God opportunity and access to that part of your life and say, how could I come back to that even better than I was before? So you have a choice before you. And the, the truth is, I mean, a lot of people are just sitting around doing nothing. It's easy to just sit around and do nothing. It is so easy to sit around and do, do nothing. It's easy to just sit around and binge watch like Tiger King. I mean, it's just easy to go, you know what? I don't watch that guy because at least, at least my life's not that bad. But really, when you come out the other side of this and you look back, on this window of time, do you want to look back and go, you know, the best thing that happened was I, I finished Tiger King. <laughs> I'm not saying don't watch it. That's, that's must see TV. <laughs> but is that all you want out of this? I believe God as the counselor wants to do something new in you. And so here's, here's what you got to do. You got to attach yourself to the vine, attach yourself to the vine. You got to find and carve out space where you can talk to God where you can get before him in prayer, where you can get into the word. 
and let the word speak to you because I, I believe God wants to speak to you, give you new dreams and new opportunities. I mean, work your weight. He is a counselor. Jesus goes on, he says this in verse 18, I, I will not abandon you as orphans. He says this, say this with me, what? I will come to you. I will come to you. Write this down. He is a comforter. He's a comforter. I mean, right now, we're all uncomfortable. I mean, that's just the truth of it. So where is it you go for comfort? I can, I, I can bet where most of us right now are going for comfort, the pantry and the refrigerator. <laughs> that's where we're all, come on somebody, I am preaching up in here. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're all, I mean, we're looking for comfort food. You know, I don't know how it is in your house, but you strategize and you're like, we're sending one person to the store and they're going to buy two weeks worth of stuff. And they come home and they buy, they bought two weeks, two weeks worth of stuff. And then everybody in the home consumes it in two days. And it's like, what are you doing? Like some of you moms, you're probably hiding food from your family. I know you're doing that. You're hiding because you're like, otherwise it isn't going to last. Laura did that. I remember Laura would do that when our, during the summer, uh, Logan, Troxel, who is our director right now, is dying on the other side of this camera because he would come over during the summers and spend it with us. And we would hide food because, man, Logan, as skinny as it is, that dude can eat. <laughs> I remember one time I pulled out from a bookcase, I pulled out this old radio and a little Debbie cake fell out from behind it. I, I don't know how long it had been there. I don't know, three or four years. I don't, I don't know. But most of us right now are looking for comfort in everywhere but the Spirit of God. I mean, truth is, most people, they, they're looking for things outside of themselves, but the people of God, we know that we should look within ourselves. We, let me say that. Well, let me say it again. We, people around us are looking outside themselves, but the people of God look within themselves. We don't look to ourselves. We look within ourselves. We don't look to ourselves. We look to the Holy Spirit who is within us, that He is with us. That's where we find our comfort. Not looking around us, but I go to the Spirit of God who provides and brings comfort in a time when there seems to be so much insecurity, so much confusion, so much doubt. That's why I love David. I've been talking about David the last few weeks and, and been really focusing on him in the Psalms because David was just, he was a king, he was a mighty warrior, he was a giant slayer, but yet he struggled with insecurity. He had his his struggles. In fact, the 23rd Psalm, which I preached on before, but in Psalm 23 and, and verse 4, he, by the way, uh, David wrote this, most scholars believe he wrote this at near the end of his life, and he was reflecting back on all the things that he had experienced in his life, and then he wrote the 23rd Psalm. So when he writes Psalm 23, verse 4, he says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, so David, by the way, he was a shepherd and he's writing from the perspective of a shepherd and David knew a thing about being a shepherd and walking in a dark valley, but David also knew what it was like to be in a dark valley. I mean, he had lost children. He had had his family taken from him. He had been uh, attacked. He'd been uh, in the wilderness starving. He had a, a king that, that was, he was on a manhunt to kill him. I mean, David knew a thing or two about being in a dark valley. But he says this, I will not be afraid, say this with me, for you are close beside me. You are close beside me. Turn to somebody and tell them right now, he is with you. Put that up in the chat, wherever. Put it in the chat right now. He is with you. 
David says this, your rod and your staff, they protect and they what? Comfort me. Like no matter what you face, no matter how dark it, it gets, and it's not just about this pandemic, is it? There's dark places in your life. And there's just things that are just hard. No matter how dark it gets, he is with you. I just want to encourage you that when your head starts to go down and you're just losing hope, I want to encourage you just to look up and look for the rod and look for the staff. Look for the rod and look for the staff. Because when you see the rod and you see the staff, you're like, oh yeah, that's where Jesus is. Oh yeah, that's right. He's, he's close beside me. Oh yeah, he is with me. He's with me in the dark valley of hardship. He's with me in the dark valley of sorrow. He's with me in the dark valley of broken dreams. He's with me in the dark valley of the unknown future. He's with me in the dark valley of grieving. He is with you. He is a comforter. And then Jesus says this in, in verse 19. He says, since I live, you also will live. Say that, say that with me. So he says this, what? Since I live, you also will live. Write this down. It's the last thing I want you to write down. He is a conqueror. He is a conqueror. Like, think about this. If he can conquer death and the grave, come on, somebody, he can conquer anything you might face. It does, like, if you can if you can bring yourself back to life, if you can roll a stone away in your own strength, I think you can help me. He is a conqueror. I love what uh, Paul said. He wrote a letter to the Romans. And in that letter in Romans 8.37, and this, I'm going to go old school. This is old school King James Version. KJV says this, nay. I don't even know what that means, but that's powerful. <laughs> I don't know what that means at all. He says, nay. You know, watch me whip, watch me nay, nay. I... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I had no idea that Paul came up with that dance. I did not know that, but it kind of has a hallelujah feel to it. Yeah, all right, so he says, nay, in all these things, here's what I wanted to get to. We are more than conquerors. Say that with me. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Like right now, it feels like the virus is winning. How much longer am I going to have to be at home? How much longer am I going to have to go to work and put my life on the line? How many more people are going to get sick and, and die? How, how much longer are my kids going to, are they going to, how far behind are they really going to get? Are they really not going to go back to school till 20? What, how much, it feels like this virus is winning, but Paul reminds us we are more than conquerors through him, through him. In, in other words, through him, like he's the one who restores, he's the one who redeems. Oh yeah, he's the one who saves. He is the one who delivers. He is the one who conquers all. So I love playing basketball, still play to this day, and, and um, I, but I'm not playing right now because, because of the coronavirus. They shut all the gyms down, but I, I, I go down, I play a little lunchtime basketball. It's a little four-on-four, half-court. It's got an old man game, uh, 40 and over. 
but and I miss the guys. I've just been texting them while this is all going on. I'm like, man, I just miss going to the gym, but we, I don't know when we're going to be able to play again. But when we do play, we, we choose up sides and they're picking teams. And when they pick teams, when I look over and I see that Paul is on my team, I'm like, oh, yeah, y'all about to get it now. Oh, I know we are going to be victorious. I know we're going to win. If Paul, Paul's on my team, I'm just going to throw him the rock because, I mean, he's the man. Paul is 44 years old. He can still dunk at 44. <laughs> Paul played professional basketball in Europe. I mean, this guy, when, I, when he's on my team, now, truthfully, when he's not on my team, I mean, I can totally take him. I can totally school him. I mean, I can... <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I would, I, I just don't want to embarrass him. So, I, you know, I, I tone it down a notch. But Paul, I know as long as Paul is on my team and I look over and I, and I got Paul, I know we are going to win. I, I don't care how far down we are. I got Paul, man. Give Paul the rock. I'm like looking over here at Jamal. I'm like, Jamal, why are you shooting the ball, man? Pass the ball to Paul. You know, I mean, that's what we all do. People are like, Brad, quit hogging the ball. Pass the ball to Paul. When you look over... You have got somebody on your side that will help you be victorious. You have somebody on your side that is a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror because Jesus is on your side. It doesn't matter how far down you are. You just get the rock to Jesus. Like you just give it. To, I never thought I would do the basketball analogy that would get an amen. But I mean, you. But you got to. You got to give it over to him. Look over. You can have confidence. It doesn't matter how weak you are. Doesn't matter how off your game is. Doesn't matter if you can't hit a shot. Doesn't matter if you can't play a lick. Doesn't matter if you have no strength left. Doesn't matter if you can't think through a situation. He is on your side. You are more than a conqueror yeah. through him that loves you. I think it's no coincidence that uh, Easter has fallen right in the middle of this pandemic. I, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. I think what God is really trying to show us in the midst of this devastation, in the midst of all this brokenness, in the midst of, of even death, that we can rise above it, that there is hope because of the resurrection. There is hope. I think it's the crisis of the cross that reminds us that, oh yeah, on the other side is new power. On the other side is, is new life. On the other side is a new beginning. This is what God has for you. This is who God is. This is who God the Holy Spirit is. This is what it's meant by when he says he is with you. He's a counselor. He's a Attach yourself to the vine. Let God work it. Think through, talk to God. What does he want to cut away? What is it he wants to rid you of in your life? What is it that you need to go back to stronger? Attach yourself to the vine right now and let God guide you through this as the counselor. Man, he's, he's the comforter. Are you, are you just struggling? Get your head up. Look for the rod. Look for the staff. Remind yourself today, that's right, he's, he's with me. And you feel defeated? You feel like you don't have the strength? You feel like, I don't know how to, I, I can't overcome this. I, I, I really don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to make it. He is a conqueror. And as long as he's on your side, you will be victorious. Let's pray. Father, 
we just ask right now that you would speak to each of us wherever we are, apartments, cars, workplaces, homes, bedrooms, back porches. Just for a moment, would you try to think through this? And I don't know what the chaos is in your home right now, but the best you can right now, what do you need God to do right now for you in your life? Do you, do you need him to be the counselor? Then right now, right now, say, all right, God, I'm going to attach myself to you. I'm going to get in your word. I'm, I'm going to be a person of prayer. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to listen. I'm, I'm going to step back, God, for a moment, and I'm going to give you room to work in my life, and I'm going to submit to you, God, and I'm going to let you work. Do you need him to be the comforter in your life? Just admit that to him. God, I'm weak. <laughs> I don't know how. I, I just don't have any strength left with whatever it is that you have no strength left with. And look up, grab a hold of the rod and the staff right now. Grab a hold of that with all that you have and let Jesus lead you. Or maybe you just feel defeated and you need him to be a conqueror in your life. Maybe maybe today you're defeated because, uh, because of your past or because of your present situation as far as the condition of your soul. Maybe today you're not a follower of Jesus and you're like, man, uh, my life's been pretty brutal. I mean, on the outside it looks good, Brad, but on the inside, I, man, I'm just a mess. I really am and it's not good. I want you to know that he came and he conquered sin and he conquered death for you. And all you gotta do is reach out to him and say, would you take my life? Would you take my life? I mean, I, let me just talk to you, like if you're thinking, it, I can really have a new beginning? Like after what I did, who I was, yes, you can have a new beginning. Like you can have new life. He conquered sin, he conquered death, he wants to conquer it in your life. You can't conquer it on your own, but he says, I wanna conquer it for you. And all you have to do is just release to him. Just release it, just say, okay, God, I just released my, my life. I release my sin and my shame and my brokenness and I give it to you. And he says, right now, here's the greatest thing. The Holy Spirit wasn't just a one-time thing on the day of Pentecost. It's an every-time thing. Every single time somebody makes a commitment to follow Jesus, the Spirit of the living God, it's Pentecost all over again. And I believe that Pentecost is happening all over this city, maybe even all over this world, wherever you're watching it. Pentecost is happening on back porches. It's happening in living rooms. It's happening in workplaces. It's happening in cars. As you cry out to the living God, He is making you new. God, thank you for new life. Thank you for what you've done today. You, God, deserve to be glorified above all things. We praise your name in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. amen.